Hello fellow riders, this is your host Rusty James. It is Wednesday, March 27th, 2019, and this is the ride. Coming at you live and in person, this is Rusty James. Enjoying what has now made my day one of the most spring-like days I've been able to enjoy this year. 46 degrees, I know that doesn't sound like much, but with sunshine, low wind, it is very beautiful. I appreciate days like this, I truly do, because, well, you know, I'm going to ask you a question. Do you appreciate days like this? It's just ever so slightly overcast, but the sun is out, the air is crisp, but not cold. I've still got a jacket on, but I don't really need it. But can you appreciate a day like that? If I were to ask you that at the end of the summer, you might be depressed by this kind of weather. But for me, I'm asking it after a ridiculous winter, and I'm feeling good. Isn't that weird how our situation, maybe the environment we find ourselves in, it can be seen in different ways. It's the same environment, but we can sometimes see it differently. I always tell my kids, you know, when the weather's bad, and you could be bummed out about that, and I need to tell myself this even more, when the winter is bad, when the season is bad, and you, and you really don't like it, remember that that season helps you to appreciate when things aren't that way. I feel like I can say, no matter what you're facing today, there's really two ways to look at it. There's our mortal, carnal way, our temporal, temporary way, with our limited thinking, or there's a way to think about it from God's perspective. I like to look at things with God's perspective. It takes a lot of pressure off me. For one, things that I can't control, if I look at it from my perspective and I want things to change, yet I'm powerless to change certain things, I can get overwhelmed and stressed and fearful, really. But if I have the mind of Christ and look at that thing, it creates hope. I still don't know how to solve the problem, but I don't need to know how to solve the problem. God solves problems, the kind that I can't. The unfortunate thing is we, we do live in a world that has been corrupted by sin. So there are issues we deal with, consequences of bad decisions that people make, that we make at times. And they can be painful to go through. I don't understand why it's appointed for everyone to die. Well, I, I mean, I do understand. Because sin entered the equation back in the garden. But I have a friend who recently died, and he's younger than me. And it seems like you could look at it multiple ways. 
someone might say, why did God let this happen? And I don't understand. I don't. Here's one of those things. I don't have the answer. And I'm not going to know the answer. And I can't figure it out in my own mind. And I believe that from God's perspective, when he looks at that situation, he knows why things happened. Sometimes things happen and they're just they're just a consequence. What do you say to God when bad things happen to good people? Well, the Bible says that we're not good. <laughs> God's good and we become good by accepting what he's done for us. But our nature isn't good. So all I can do is thank God for every breath I I do have, right? And utilize the time I have to the best of my ability to do what I believe he's called me to do. And probably that's where I need to go today. What's God called you to do? For those of us who are believers, we know that there is a plan that's bigger than the typical plan that society has told us we're to strive for. What's that plan? Well, it's all in the perspective. Someone might have a plan that says, you know, you will be successful and happy if you get the house on the hill, the white picket fence, the job, the wife, the 2.4 kids, and a dog and a cat, and, you know, a really nice vacation every year, and you live happily ever after. That's, that's what you strive for. Now, the fact that that was the first thing out of my mouth makes me think that I might have thought that. I probably did think that. But if there's anything that years have told me, is that there's a lot of things in life we strive for, and they are not what they seem. They're not filled with the happiness that you once thought. Some of us strive to be popular or celebrity status and the money and the fame and you know when I'm there then I don't need to worry about stuff I just saw an article the other day Pierce Brosnan he's the I think that's the, how you pronounce his last name he was one of the James Bond guys in the I want to say in the 80s and 90s he's been in a number of things I think he was in Mrs. Doubtfire, if you remember that movie. That guy is worth millions, like most Hollywood actors, you know. I think I saw his net worth might be, I think, 80 million something right now. That guy has had to deal with a lot of things in his life. He's had a son that was in an accident when he was a teenager that could have killed him. I think he had a daughter who died from ovarian cancer. I think his first wife died from cancer he's had to deal with some things so money and fame doesn't keep you from having to deal with life some people might strive to be you know the CEO the the leader the the main power guy in a company or in some field if you ever thought that being the top dog makes you have a life of ease, I can tell you that is absolutely not the case. 
the more I realize the, that the leadership and the responsibilities that leaders have to deal with, there's a reason they get paid more. So, I mean, it's not to say that any of these things are bad in and of themselves. We need actors. How do I know? Because I enjoy watching film and escaping reality for a, a well-portrayed story. So I support that. I also support companies that flourish. So I support the CEOs that run these companies. I support the family. All of these things. But they're not the end goal. There's something that we do. But what my original question was is, what's God called you to do? He may very well have called you to be a father or a mother, to raise your children in a godly home, to be able to instill God's vision into the next generation. That might be the thing. And that's noble. He may have called you into the ministry. You know, as a pastor or a worship leader or someone who works with the poor or the homeless or the widows or the orphans. But no matter what you call it, your role that you're to play, your calling, it's still a ministry. You're ministering to your family. You're ministering to the world around you. You're ministering to the employees in your firm. You are God, Jesus Christ, to those around you. And God has called us to reach the world in any way we can. He's called you to do that. I don't know if you've really sensed that. But if you're a believer and you know that your heart has been changed by Christ, then you know the power that he can have in a life. And there are people who don't know that. That means having the heart of Christ should mean that we are to share this, what we have, with others. I think one of the ways that we do this is to behave like Jesus Christ. And so when I think of that, I think, well, how can I do that? I mean, I, I don't walk on water. I don't turn water into wine, even though I'd love to be able to do that. But God has put something into you that you are able to do. And it's beyond what you're able to do with your own strength. I want you to know this today. You can do above and beyond what you think you can do. When you act in ways like Jesus, for example, you can love someone who to others seems unlovable. They're a jerk. They are an issue at work or, at, or in the family. Sometimes we have to take our pride that we typically shine up with a a dirty rag, but we try to make it really shiny. That's my pride. I want to have pride of life. Sometimes we need to take that little emblem called pride and put it down. And don't worry about how you appear and simply love other people, regardless of if they deserve it or not. Two things will happen. Well, three things will happen. Well, a lot of things will happen, but 
Three I can think of. One, you'll start recognizing Christ working through you because you are able to do something that in and of yourself you would not be able to do. That's love this person. Forgive this person. Things that would be incredibly difficult, if not impossible, if we didn't have Christ in our life. Two, they would recognize something deeper is going on because up until that point, they thought all the world was was just them and you and the decisions you make. And all of a sudden, you're doing something that's beyond the natural. It's supernatural. And they might be intrigued by that. And maybe at some point, want to understand why it is that you're operating in a way that they didn't think was real. And you might get to a root cause of, of the issue here, and they might come to know Christ. And the third thing is, the world around you will recognize that as well. You have people watching you that you did not realize. And when you behave in ways that Christ behaved, the world is like, huh? What's, what's, why would you do that? You're going to be labeled kind of a freak. You're going to be a Jesus freak. But that's okay. I'd rather be a freak for Jesus than a cog in the world's machine. Rusty James. Does it mean that you're not genuine? That you're just doing an act? No, I don't think that's the case at all. But you are operating in faith. You are behaving in a way that doesn't align with your natural inclinations. It aligns with God's commands, really, The life of faith requires us to step out into areas that we can't do on our own. And this is one of those things. Loving other people. Forgiving other people. When it costs us our pride. You know, I haven't been around forever. I'm not not an old gray-haired sage that can give you the words of wisdom from my personal experience, but I can give you the word that God is giving us. And really, that's there should be more cloud in that anyway. We're to love each other. And we're to live by faith. And we're not to put stock in a prideful badge that we have on ourselves that says, hey, look at me. We're to be humble. We're to be a servant like Christ. He went to the cross. He gave his entire life up for you. And it was tough for him. He prayed in the garden, please take this cup from me. But nevertheless, Lord, I'm going to do your will. Well, do God's will. See that, just like with Christ, God's will was accomplished. And Jesus was glorified. I'd like to live a glorified life. How about you? We seek glory in so many things on this planet. So many natural things that are temporary. That's what we're seeking. I mean, if you were only about having the 2.4 kids and having the house on the hill or being the CEO or being the Hollywood superstar, if that was your end game 
and you shined up your pride so well and wore it, that thing is like dirty rags. It's unfortunate, but sometimes people don't recognize that until they've attained those things and realize what did they give up to get there. I'm not saying that you always give up something to get there. I think some people get there and and they're godly and they're rewarded because they're godly and they get to places of power and, and influence in a wholesome way. But if you are giving up God's calling in your life, just so you can shine that pride badge and wear it for the world to see. You may hit a day when you look down at your chest and you see that badge and it's become rusted, tarnished, and it's falling apart. And you thought that you did the best you could. And you know the truth is, you might have. You might have done the best that you could. But it's not about that. It's about doing the best that you and God can do. I hope this has helped you today. It's hard for even me to say this stuff. I didn't know that we would talk about this really today. But living for Christ is just that. It's living for someone other than me, right? I want to live each day in a way that glorifies God. And I know that happens when I lay down my pride and do what God's commanded me to do. So think about the things that you know you should be doing. Things that the word is clear on. Hey, we need to make sure that we're aligning with God's will. If you do that, I can't guarantee that things are going to get better. And that the world is going to become a bowl of cherries. We know that that won't happen. But I believe that when we have that mindset, it causes us to see the world the way God does, with hope. There is a solution, even though there's conditions that arise that seem like there is no solution. So, what are we going to do today? I think what we're going to do is we're going to get in that word. And we're going to live in peace. We're going to pray for those who persecute us. And from the word of God, we're going to get a glimpse as to how we're to live as Christ. If we apply this every day, little by little, we'll start seeing the desire for the will of God to be evident in our life, to grow every day. It's practice. It's it's training, really. So no matter where you were yesterday, Today's a new day, and we can move toward what God has for us. I'm encouraged for me, and I'm encouraged for you. Let this day be the first day of really a new life. I pray that you be encouraged in your walk with Christ, and I will see you on the flip.